Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And this is Calvary Live, and welcome to today's edition. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. So blessed to be with you once again as we're getting ever closer to Christmas in less than two weeks now. It is Tuesday the 12th of December, and I pray that you're doing well and that uh, you are being blessed and we want to be a blessing to you this next hour. So you heard the number that you're invited to call in and ask your questions and to give your prayer request, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. Many of you know the number. Uh, if you're new to Calvary Live and we get new listeners all the time, put that in your contact. But that's the call-in number that gets you to me. And then you can ask your questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians. Uh, I was reading an article, I think I may have mentioned this briefly last week, I was very surprised how few Christians really have an actual worldview um, on the things around us and how to live and things happening uh, in the world, and uh, we need to have a worldview. We need to know the Word of God, so we want to take you to the Word of God. And then uh, also for you to be able to call in with prayer requests, maybe you got need prayer, maybe you know somebody who needs prayer, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. That call-in number, all open lines right now, grab it early. And then there's another way for you to be able to communicate a question or a prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line for texting only. We go to the text line in between calls, uh, and that is a different number, 720-336-0897 is that text line, 720 336 0897. I want to welcome all those who are listening today on Grace FM, uh, where Calvary Live originates from, and two signals, uh, Southern Colorado, Pueblo, and Fountain, and Colorado Springs. Welcome. Uh, always love to hear from you guys in Southern Colorado. Spent many years uh, growing up there and um, got many friends there, so I'd love to hear from you. Uh, also in Northern Colorado, 89.7, a powerful signal. That gets up in the southern Wyoming, Cheyenne and Laramie. Uh, welcome. You're listening live on this Tuesday afternoon. And then also, those of you listening, Radio by Grace, 73 signals uh, across the nation, particularly in the south and on the east coast. Uh, there are listeners that are in Tennessee, I know. We are praying for you guys for the tornadoes that uh, went through Tennessee near Nashville. Uh, we are praying for you, and um, so hard, so difficult. Uh, when that happens. So we just want to lift you up in prayer. Um, and let's do that right now. Father, we ask that you just be with those um, in Tennessee that have experienced loss, um, devastation, destruction. Lord, be with them in the recovery. Uh, just be with everyone involved. And Lord, I pray that the Christians would be there to, to gather around those who've experienced loss and chaplains and be with the first responders and the cleanup crew and as we see the images, it's just heartbreaking. So we just lift them all up to you um, in Jesus' name. 
Um, so we want to welcome all you Radio by Grace. You're listening live, as I said, on this Tuesday. And those of you online or the World Wide Web uh, on your computers uh, on Grace FM, welcome. You can call anywhere in the country. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number. And I uh, want to also welcome those who are one week delayed. Uh, Hope FM on the East Coast, Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, Higher Rock Radio in Meridian, Idaho, Living Water Radio in Corpus Christi, Texas, and then our newest uh, station that has joined Calvary Live, and that is The Way Radio in Kingsman, Arizona, a very beautiful place up there in the northwest corner of of Arizona. And Arizona is a very beautiful state, and love to hear from you guys. So, so 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897 um, is the text line. So you can text in a question or a prayer request. Got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines, but let's go ahead and go to Texas. Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Hi, you're here on the program. Okay. Well, I got a question for you. Uh, uh, it's something I need I need to understand a little bit better so I can, uh, you know, have a conversation with some family members about this. But because uh, it'll probably come up. But uh, uh, what I what I would like to understand a little bit better uh, is uh, the Bible's stance on slavery, or I guess God's stance on slavery. I mean, I know in the Old Testament, it you know, it, it I, it's more looked at as indentured servitude, as slavery. Um, and, you know, it, it talks about trading, you know, treating your slaves well and all that stuff. But they're, they're, like I said, they're more like, not like servants or, or they actually work for the people than they are slaves, you know, seven years and this and that. But uh, there are instances where it talks about taking slaves from captives. Um, you know, they're supposed to drive the... Yeah. Uh, what was it, the Canaanites? Either kill them all or drive them out of the lands. But some of them they end up taking as slaves. So, uh, but anyway, I, I know you know it, it does say that slave trade is is uh, not acceptable and 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 is punishable by death. You know, I know it says that in the Old Testament, and I think in the New Testament too, actually. But uh, but I don't think other than that, I don't think it really really uh, uh, you know has anything bad to say about slavery as far as you know. Hey, you should not. not own slaves, yeah. you know, so that's 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 something I, I'd like to learn more about. Well, you know, as you read the the scriptures, the scriptures very honest about the culture of the day and the accounts of the Old Testament, and there was slavery, and God came along and said, "Here's some guidelines for it." And um, the thing about slavery was it was it was uh, part of what was happening uh, in the nation in the culture. And then they were to work the Hebrew slave. And often what ended up happening, like if you lost your land or if you were in a debt, you end up going into slavery. And um, But the Lord would have certain provisions, like after six years, um, that you were to free that Hebrew slave. Um, and if they wanted to stay with their master, uh, if they wanted to serve their master, their master was good to them then they could continue serving, and then they would be called what was the bond slave. And I think it's the book of Numbers that they put your ear up against the doorpost and pierce your ear 
And then you were, by your own free will, you were uh, a slave to that master. Um, there was right. jubil- jubilee years. And then, of course, Paul, he plays on that in the New Testament when he writes his letters to the churches. Oftentimes he would begin the greeting by saying, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. In other words, I freely serve him. He's my master. You know, right. in the New Testament time, you know, you have in Jesus' day, you had the Roman Empire that had like 60 million slaves. And right. and, the, and um and you don't really see Jesus address it, but we do know that um it is addressed in the Old Testament. A lot of things are addressed in the Old Testament that uh, an honest, um you know, uh, giving of history and those things that took place. And you know, you have those who took multiple marriages. You have all those things, and and God addresses those things to where he says, this is how I want you to live as a nation. This is how I want you to treat others. He really had a heart for the orphan, for the foreigner even, uh, for the widows, um, uh, for the poor. He said, don't mistreat them. And um, we know that even Paul in the New Testament, he would address how it is that masters were to treat their their servants and uh, to remember that you have a master in heaven. So the Bible does talk about those things. Uh, it, it doesn't, um, you know, overlook those things at all. Uh, it doesn't approve of those things. But uh, God comes along in His economy and actually makes things better. The other thing too is a lot of times when you're talking to unbelieving friends or um, when you're talking to unbelieving uh, family about Jesus Christ, they will use those things as kind of. Maybe, um, I don't know if it, an excuse is a, a good word, maybe just kind of a, um, it, it's just, it, it's there that um, uh, keeps them from wanting to come to God, and how could God allow evil? How could God allow this to happen? How could he allow that to happen? And the thing to remember is, Kevin, is that, you know, it's sinful world. Uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, it was a fallen world, and sin came into the world. And God didn't leave us without any hope, and he gave us hope through Jesus Christ, um, who came at a time when you think about, you can relate it to the Christmas story, when he came, it was a terrible time. Rome had bludgeoned the whole world into submission. Uh, people were afraid of Caesar Augustus when he made that decree that all the world should register for new taxes in the census. Joseph couldn't appeal that. You didn't dare raise a voice against Caesar Augustus. Then you had Herod the Great, and look what he did. He made a decree to have all the male children two years and under killed in Bethlehem. You had the religious leaders that burdened the people, but yet he didn't leave us without any hope. And he he would send his son to come to this world as he was born on that night. It's such a magnificent story to bring light in the darkness. And that's what God does. And that's what you want to remind them, that God brought light. He brought his son. He gave his son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I look forward to the time when Jesus does come back in his second advent. And it's at that time that righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. So there are difficult questions to answer. Um, and But we can look at the scripture and we can see how you know, God in his ways of doing things uh, brought freedom and, and brought a blessing to the nation in how they lived. 
and um, and um, and that's what his desire is for them to be a witness to the other nations. Right. Okay. Well, I it, yeah, I'm gonna do what I can. Yeah, you know, always, always, you know, Kevin, I, I found one thing. Always point him to the cross. Always point him to the cross and what Jesus did oh, for yeah. them. Because, you know, right. you can you can talk about slavery, but everybody that doesn't know Jesus is a slave. Uh, the Bible says they're a slave to sin. And when Jesus came, and, you know, you think about this, Kevin. When Jesus came— when he made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, people were waving the palm branches, you know, the account, and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the waving of the palm branches was something that took place 200 years before um, Jesus was born. And that is that when they were freed from this Syrian king called Antiochus Epiphanes, Daniel speaks of him. He's, he's called the little horn of Daniel chapter 8. And as he was on the scene, he was a terrible, brutal king. He's a picture of the future Antichrist that's going to come on the scene. And and it was a symbol as they would drive Antiochus out of Jerusalem. And that's what Hanukkah is all about. Hanukkah is about how they drove Antiochus out. They relit the temple uh, and um, the Feast of Lights that Jesus, uh, we have that mentioned in John's Gospel. So you can look at the history and see how that correlates with Hanukkah. But when they were waving the palm branches, they thought Jesus was going to usher in the kingdom right away and was going to free them from Rome, from the slavery of Rome. But Jesus came to free them from something that is greater than any slavery man could put on, and that was to free them from sin. And and so I always like to, yeah, there was slavery, and it was it was there. But God is real, and he came to, to free us, free us from the slavery of sin, and really put an eternal spiritual perspective on it for them to think about and take them to the cross. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Kevin, for calling. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, text line 720 Three three six zero eight nine seven. If you want to text in a question or a prayer request, when somebody hangs up, uh, we have uh, an open line. So we're going to continue with the phone lines. Let's go to John in PA, Pennsylvania. That is. Hey, John. Yeah. Hi. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. You're on Calvary Live. Good. I, I'm laughing at myself. I think. Thinking maybe I should be calling for prayer, not a question. I need prayer. <laughs> well, um, we'll we'll certainly take the time to pray for you if you got a prayer request. But I also know you got a question. If you want to give me your question, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm really kind of be, you know being kind of sarcastic. Funny, anyway. <laughs> um, I, I, I um, as I heard you guys put out the welcome to call questions, I thought, well, you know, I've had this question. Um. And in regard to the fighting in Hamas, I'm sorry, in Gaza, I've often wondered what is indeed to be our response and well beyond support for Israel. I'm talking about whether or not, it, it, it seems sometimes you're held at knife point if you want to ask 
questions like, oh, wait a minute, what what about this or that, you know? Um, dare you ask a question, let's just support Israel. I, I, you know, I'm I'm not a detractor by all means, and I do bless yeah. Israel. But yeah, yeah, there's I'm an the... avid... Well, you know, I'm an avid news... Yeah. I, I pour over the news, and especially with the advent of independent media, not corporate-driven media, you do get added, corrected, for that matter, information. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Do, are we to not uh, take everything for face value? In other words, what about... Do, do you well, know you're, what I'm saying? Like bring, yeah. you're, you're bringing up in a very important point. Um, that you know, I I, I want to answer, and I've I've addressed it to my own congregation. When the war broke out, there was a lot of confusion that people had about the end of times, about Israel, um, and um, so we've been doing an eight week series. We're going to be doing week number seven uh, this Sunday, and then Christmas Eve, and then we'll finish up at the end of the year. But we've talked about the role of Israel in the last days, and and. Uh, the the series is titled "Behold, the Days Are Coming," because I want people to understand uh, what is you know before us, what the Bible has to say, and that does include Israel. And John, the thing about it is, is I'm you know a lot of us watch news. Um, we can watch news, the analysts, the talking heads, um, the political you, you know experts, all this. The truth concerning Israel and what is before us isn't found in the politicians. It isn't found in the the news analysts. It isn't found in them. They can give us some insight of things that are going on. It's found in the Bible. And the very first week, what I did is I talked about Israel in the last days, the, the promises that God had made to Israel. And we can go back to Genesis chapter 15 in the Abrahamic Covenant, that God promised Abraham that I'll, I'll um, you know, um, uh, I'll make your descendants great. They'll number the stars of heaven. There was a spiritual blessing because through your seed, Abraham, all the nations shall be blessed, speaking of Messiah. And then there was a physical promise that you're going to receive this land. And the boundaries of the land is given in Genesis 15. It's reiterated in the book of Genesis and elsewhere in the scriptures. So we know that God made that covenant with Abraham. And as he gave them the land, um, we know that that's where the dispute is. Uh, now, God has a role for Israel in the last days. Israel is the epicenter of end-time prophecy, the focal point of end-time prophecy. We know that the Bible says that Israel is going to find its, itself being isolated. Matter of fact, Israel... Uh, the promises that God gave to Israel, absolutely amazing, that as we were reading from the book of Ezekiel and other prophetic uh, passages of the Old Testament, that it spoke of them uh, going into captivity and coming back. That happened with the Babylonian captivity, but also even a more broader captivity that would take place. Even Jesus spoke about it uh, right before his death in the Olivet Discourse in Luke's Gospel, that they would be dispersed throughout the nations, but then they would come back from that captivity. 
And Amos says that when they come back into the land, even as it correlates with what Ezekiel says in chapter 36 and 37, that they're going to rebuild the ancient cities. They're going to plant the land again. They're going to be back into the mountains of Israel that I have given to them, the Lord says, then they're not going to be plucked out again. So we we understand it through a biblical worldview, what the Bible has to say and the promise that he gave to Israel. Now, when you kind of, you said kind of a overall view, you know, as Christians, we don't glory in war. Um, it, it's sad to see what's going on in Gaza. Um, there are Christians that are in Gaza as well. But we do know that as we've seen, it's it's more of a geopolitical situation, um, John. It is a spiritual, um, you know, overtone that's taken place that Satan is stirring up the enemies around Israel, and just hearing from those that uh, have broadcast Christians what took place. There was evil that took place, and there is those who want to destroy, like Hamas. They want to destroy Israel, and one of the things that Satan has always wanted to do is destroy the Jews. He tried to do it through Pharaoh. He tried to do it through Esther. You know, he uh, Satan was told in Genesis chapter three that you know that the through the woman's seed uh, is going to come the Messiah, and he's going to crush your head, serpent. And that's the first promise of Messiah. And not wanting to get his head crushed. He's always persecuted the Jews, and the promise made to Abraham, the promise made to David that the Messiah was going to sit upon the throne of David, the new covenant that we see. So Satan has always stirred up the enemies, and that's why you see anti-Semitism that is growing. There's a spiritual dimension that's there, and you have those Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, Iran that wants to destroy Israel, and and um, and that's what we saw on that um, just terrible day on October seventh when they were attacked, and the the evil that took place on that day. So that's what we're seeing, and we're going to see that Israel, when the tribulation period happens, is going to go through tremendous persecution as well as the tribulation saints um, through the Antichrist. We know that there is Ezekiel 38 and 39 that's being spoken of a lot, of the War of Gog and Magog, when confederations of nations are going to come and invade Israel. So we're watching Israel, and Israel is the focal point, but God's got a plan for them. And there will be a national restoration of Israel when uh, the nations of the world gather in the Valley of Megiddo, Jezreel, and they're there to destroy Israel. And Jesus will come back literally in the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he will defeat those armies, and then he will restore the nation. Their eyes will be opened up, as Zechariah chapter 12 says, mourn for the one whom they have pierced. And they will recognize that, yeah, he's our Messiah. And then Paul writes in Romans chapter 11 that all of Israel will be saved. So, John, I gave you a long answer but it's important for us where we get our truth concerning Israel is from the Bible. And we're going to see Israel becoming more isolated. Uh, the enemies coming against Israel, to will it will come to a point where all the nations of the world uh, will come against Israel and, and Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling. So that's kind of a nutshell what I what we see in the scriptures and um, and. Israel coming back into the land after 2,000 years, the miracle of the Mediterranean, unheard of 
in human history that a group of people are out of their original homeland for 2,000 years and then come back, just as the Bible said. But that's what we have in the pages of Scripture. And for us as Christians, John, to be able to be wise and discerning of the days in which we are in um, and to be able to tell others this is what the Bible says and the Bible is true and um, and to be watching and to be waiting and know that we are in very unique times and um, that God is... Uh, it's amazing uh, how you can read your Bible and read the newspaper and you see the Bible's coming true and coming these things to pass. And then Jesus said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, look up and rejoice for your redemption draws near. So, John, that's kind of a a, a long maybe answer to what you're looking for. But look at the Scripture, what the Scripture has to say about Israel. Yes, I, I appreciate your, your answer, sir. I, I do. And... And and you give me the perspective I need to really kind of. I know I need the perspective that you present. Yes, and you can because you can get swallowed up in all of this emotion of it and so on. And John and and, and yeah, and, and here's the other thing, John is you know you remind me. I I just put a book out called Moving Forward in Difficult Days, and I wrote it out of you know all the things that we went through with COVID. And it's a book on how we as Christians are to keep our minds on the Lord, on the Word of God, to be in prayer, to be strong and courageous, because we need to do that in the day in which we are in. Because, you know, we're seeing more hostility towards Christian in our day and age today, and we feel it, don't we? And there's all kinds of things that are going on that are confusing, that you know, uh, um, that are distracting. And, John, I, I know it's important. I'm like you. I like to watch the news. And I think that we should be updated. And I think that we should be informed. But we always want to keep a biblical perspective of what's going on and an eternal perspective so we can keep moving forward and knowing that we belong to a kingdom that will last forever and to be able to give a message of hope to others that Jesus Christ came to this world, and he is our hope, um, and he is the answer. And the Bible has the answers for where things are headed. Everything's headed towards something in the world that we see around us. So we can say, you know, John, that things are falling apart. But actually, when you look at the Bible, you see that things are coming together the way that Jesus said it would and the Scripture said it would. And I pray for revival for our country. I pray that we see a spiritual awakening. Um, and I don't glorify war. And what happened, as we hear the stories, uh, was uh, tragic. Um, but we need to be in prayer. We need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we need to be wise in the days in which we're in. So good question that you're asking. You know, we're in this supposed inclusive society won't include us, Christians. Um, I always laugh at that. We're in a tolerant society, but you won't tolerate Christians. But here's the uh, thing to always remember, John. The world's going to be the world, but the church needs to be the church. And um, I remember at a pastor's conference, my good friend Al Pittman said that, and it really struck me. The world's going to be the world, and this is what the world's going to be like. And the world is, you know, um, is deceiving and the philosophy of the world, traditions of men, 
Um, but the church needs to be the church and stand for righteousness and stand strong and be strong and courageous in the day in which we're in um, because we're in very unique times, and we are here for such a time as this. And to be a witness and to be a light to others and to give that message of hope and to be in prayer, to pray for our communities and pray for our nations, that's what we're called to do, and uh, and to speak the truth in love. And um, And so I know it gets frustrating. I get frustrated. And we see the things going on around us, uh, but we need to be about the things of of the Lord. So hopefully that it will be an encouragement to you. I appreciate your call, John. Very good question. Uh, always feel free to call back. We got Tammy and Bianca on the line. Uh, we're going to come back after the break, pick up the phone lines. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And this is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. So blessed to be with you, answering your questions and being able to just speak about what the Scripture says and uh, it's a tremendous blessing for me. You just heard those numbers where you can uh, get on the air, 303-690-3000, and talk with me, and then also the text line, 720-336-0897. We do have an open line, so I'd love for you to be able to call and um, and just be able to talk and the things of the Lord and answer your question the best I know how, and to be a blessing to you and just be able to encourage you and for us to keep our eyes on the Lord and keep praying and keep searching the Word of God, and and um, it's a, just a wonderful reminder. So I invite you to call in. We're going to continue with um, the uh, phone calls as Tammy has been waiting. Tammy? Tammy, uh, are hello, you there? Pastor Thanks. Hi, how are you? You're on Calvary Live. I'm I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I would like to uh, request a prayer. Um, my son was carjacked a few days ago oh, no. in my car, and the perpetrators uh, totaled my car by hitting two other cars and totaling those cars. Mm. Uh, the police departments um, are having trouble finding these two people that um, have stolen 13 cars in the last three months. Wow. So I personally would like to put a prayer out to them the perpetrators, that one, they do get caught, two, that they find Christ, they find who Jesus Christ is, because these things that they're doing is just, it's tearing up people's lives. And I I feel bad for the other people that I don't know what their situation is, if they could even recover from something like this during, you know, the month of Christmas is really tough. So I would like to pray for them as well, the other yeah. victims that were involved in this. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, was was you anybody know, was anybody hurt? Um, no, no, okay. and I'm grateful and I'm blessed that my son was not hurt, nor yeah. were my grandchildren in okay. the car. Yeah, because that's he's scary. a dad, and yeah, and he takes his boys with him a lot. Yeah, so I'm scary. very I'm very grateful for that. 
Yeah. Well, why don't we pray? Father, as, as Tammy calls in and the, describes a, a, just a horrific uh, situation, carjacking with um, grandchildren in the car, um, her son, uh, and then uh, cars being totaled as the uh, crime spree continues. And we hear so much of this today uh, that takes place. And so, Lord, um, I thank you that no one was seriously hurt. I know emotionally um, it takes a toll, uh, it really shakes us to the core. Those things, just um, having that happen uh, affects us mentally. So I just pray for her son, her grandchildren that were part of this. The other people in the other cars that were totaled, their cars, um, that they would be able to recover. Um, and Lord, I pray that you be with them and uh, that, you know, being traumatized and, and being hit in that way. But, Lord, I pray that those who did that would be caught um, so they don't hurt anybody else, uh, that they would be caught and they would be um, brought to justice in in a way that, Lord, uh, that where they can stop and see what they're doing is hurting people in the community. And we know the the way for that is for them to come to Christ, um, that, uh, Lord, if, if they are incarcerated, uh, we know there's hope, and we know there's hope for those that are there. And we just pray that um, there be chaplains there to minister to them. But, Lord, also I just pray wherever they are um, that somehow uh, you would work in their lives and, and bringing them to where uh, they're not hurting anybody else and that um, that you would uh, just be with uh, our peace officers who are there for our good um, and that they would be able to find them, and Lord, that uh, no more damage would be done, and Lord, we just pray that you would work uh, in this situation in every way. I thank you for Tammy. I just pray you be with her grandchildren, um, that they would, uh, during this time, especially during Christmas, it's so scary, um, that they would just have a peace, uh, that you have protected them and watched over them, and they would have a joy this Christmas, um, even though their car has been totaled, and that has an impact on everyone. And Lord, I do pray that there be joy that uh, you're with them and that you love them and you're working and you protected them uh, from the harm, even greater harm than what was done. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. Okay. You bet. 303-690-3000. So much of that going on. It's scary out there. And I'm glad Tammy's family wasn't hurt or grandkids. And, but, uh, we need to pray and pray for revival and, and, um, just so much of it going on. So much violence and lawlessness. Even as Jesus said, the last days, lawlessness will abound. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Bianca. Bianca, are you there? Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fine. It's good to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a question. I have been dealing with a conflict with someone. I'm obviously not going to say any mm-hmm. names because yeah. it's not gossip, but... Right. I will say that they do not go to the church I go to, so it's not hindering me from going to 
church in any way, but but I to make things right with this person, but but this person has chosen to block me on Facebook, and I don't have their phone number, and it just seems like they no longer want to be my friend anymore, and I have chosen to forgive them. And so my question is, even if this person doesn't really want to seek reconciliation, did I do the right thing in just yeah. forgiving I think them in my heart? Yeah. First of all, we see the imperative to forgive Bianca, um, even as uh, you know, Christ has forgiven us. Uh, we see that in Ephesians. We know that Jesus spoke about it, how we are to forgive. And um, it's a choice that we make. I'm going to forgive you. Um, it, it doesn't um, condone what they did. It doesn't, you know, um, you know, say that what what you did, if there, you know, was hurt involved or whatever the case may be, um, that, you know, it's okay for you to continue to hurt me. It's saying, I choose to forgive because Christ has forgiven me. And, and then that situation and that person doesn't have power over you. So number one, you did the right thing in forgiving. Second of all, I think you also did the right thing in desiring for there to be a restoring. Whenever relationships are strained and severed or fractured, you know, it's God's desire that there be a restoring. And every, you know, situation is different. Sometimes it's not possible. But what I've heard from you, Bianca, is that you did what God has called you to do. And how this other individual responds is really up to them. Uh, you know, you, you've reached out. Um, you desire for there to be um, forgiveness, and you've forgiven. You desire for there to be a restoring of this relationship. And now you're in a place where you just trust the Lord. And um, and just keep praying, and Lord, you open up those doors, because you can't change that other individual's heart. Um, you just yeah, you know, trust them to the I Lord. I have to say that while it hasn't, while while this person doesn't go to church and hasn't hindering me going to church, it has hindered me from joining this online group that I've been part of for a while. and Yeah. And, you know, Bianca, I think it shows that you have a tender heart because a lot of people would say, forget it, you know, if that's yeah. the way they're going to be. And I don't hear that in your voice at all, that this, it bothers you. Um, and um, you desire for there to be a coming together uh, whatever for clarity and understanding and for there to be restoring. Um, and so we're going to pray and we're going to put it and, in the Lord's hands. And, and I do admit that in the beginning, when this offense took place, I was, you know, admittedly a little angry and a little yeah. rude and Honestly, this person blocked me on Facebook and stuff before I even 
tried to seek their forgiveness. So, so we're going to pray. It just means that they don't want this to be resolved. But yeah, yeah, you know, we we can do that. You know, we we get in a situation, and you know, um, and the Lord has to minister to our hearts to get us in the right place. And and so we're just going to pray that um, this other individual, that Lord will speak to them, and he can do that. And Father, we do pray. I pray for Bianca. Thank you for hearing from her. Um, I know she loves you and desires to do what is best and pleasing in your sight. And uh, conflicts can happen in our lives, just as what's coming into her life. And I pray that um, this other individual, that you would just soften their heart to to reach out, uh, to desire for there to be understanding and clarity and forgiveness, and for there to be a restoring of the relationship. And Lord, I just pray for Bianca that you would just continue to minister to her heart. Her heart being tender is her desire for that to happen. And I know it's your desire. Um, but Lord, I just pray that you give her peace and give her just wisdom and that she would continue to lift this up and give it to you. And and Lord, uh, in those situations uh, where even we feel like we didn't uh, initially respond well, we know there's forgiveness. And Lord, that you can work um, in spite of that. And so I just pray for this, for this conflict um, to be re- uh, resolved and there be coming together with Bianca and this other individual. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Amen. Good to hear, good to hear from lot. you, Bianca. God right. bless you. Merry God Christmas to you. you. Merry right. Christmas. Uh-huh. Hey, let's go to Rosemary in New Orleans. Rosemary? Hello? Hi, Rosemary. This Hello? Is, hi, this is Pastor Jeff on Calvary Live. Yes, Hi. Hello, How are you? this is Rosemary. How are you doing tonight? Good. Thank you for calling. Good. Um, I have a question about um, um, something that, you know, I've always wondered, but this situation happened recently and about a month or so ago where uh, one of my church members, uh, her husband or her, her ex-husband, he ended up, um, he, he lit her house on fire and and killed her three their three children and um the children were three five and seven and um i just wanted to know because at the funeral it was said that the children went to heaven Mm -hmm. and i wanted to know is that automatic is that real i i have always heard of uh like age of accountability. I don't know yeah. if that's biblical, but um, yes, I just wonder, is, is that right for people to say that children automatically went to heaven or what yeah. does happen to people under age like that, you know, right. and no fault yeah. of their own, you know, and, yeah, and then and the I bi- also want to pray for the family and oh, especially yes. the mother, Yeah, you know, but she lost her husband and children that day. Yeah, absolutely. How tragic that is. You know, the Bible speaks about, we do know that David, when he lost his baby, that David said that I will go to him. And um, so there is what is believed theologians call an age of accountability, um, 
where exactly that age is, we don't know. Um, some have, you know, made their best guess. It's 13. Um, we just don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Um, but we do know that uh, Jesus also said that the children belong to me. So those are the two verses that we have. Uh, where the line is, where exactly the age of accountability is, we don't know. Um, but it's such a tragedy um, to hear that, and we can trust those children to the Lord, and um, and we can just, um, he's very compassionate, very, very graceful, but, you know, where the age of accountability is, we don't know. We get glimpses, you know, again, of David, his, his uh, baby that was born, uh, David said, I, I, he's not going to come to me, but I will go to him, the implication in heaven. And, um, and then also Jesus saying the children belong to me. Um, and we just got to kind of leave it there. And we just got to trust the Lord with that. So that's, you know, the biblical answer for that. And then we do want to pray for the mother um, who's going through tremendous grief, I'm sure, and, and through this tragedy. And, and I'm so sorry. Uh, Rosemary, um, and um, it's just, it's hard, um, hard that that happened and the pain that the mother's experiencing and everybody else involved in this, and I'm sure you're feeling it as well. So, Father, I pray for these children, um, and Lord, we know that children have a very special spot uh, in your heart. Uh, you said, don't, you know, uh, permit them to come to me, such are the kingdom of God. Uh, you even use the child as an illustration um, as being great in the kingdom of God. And Lord, we know that David gives the promise of a, his child that would go to heaven. So we just commit that to you. And Lord, we know you're very compassionate and you are just and you are righteous and righteous and true are your decisions. Um, and Lord, I just pray for this mother who lost her family, her husband and, and lost her, her children the grief that she's going through. Um, and I just pray that she would have Christians around her, but Lord, most of all, that you would hold her in your arms. And Lord, uh, during this time of great difficulty, especially at Christmas time, that Lord, that um, you would just minister your strength, uh, comfort. You're the God of comfort that comforts us in all our tribulation. Um, and Paul wrote that when we were pressed beyond measure. And, Lord, that you would um, just um, she perceive your presence and be with Rosemary um, as she, you know, this situation is weighing on her heart. Give her a peace in her heart and just um, give her some, some understanding and, Lord, comfort that she needs from your word. And, Lord, um, even as I think about Romans chapter 8, um, the Holy Spirit interceding for us when we're just with groanings, when we don't even know how to pray. Um, but the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So, Lord, bless her, my sister here, um, this whole tragedy that you would just work. Um, and, and this mother may just receive your comfort. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, sorry, Rosemary. Amen. Thank you. You bet. Well, God thank bless you. Thank you for that prayer, though. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Um, we had a call from a- Amarillo, um, 
a mom with, and she wasn't able to stay on the line. But I do want to pray for her with anxiety problems and wondering if she is doing right things. And I just want to say um, to you who called um, that it can be something that uh, being a mom um, and uh, raising kids uh, can bring that anxiety. But I want you to know that the Lord is with you. He wants to bring peace to your heart. And we're going to pray for you. And the Lord says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God in the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So Kristen, I want you to know this, that you are to um, be praying about everything, be thankful in all things, be thankful for those kids and ask God to help you because he wants you to be the mother that he's called you to be. And he's going to help you every day in guiding you and directing you. Um, and if you're wondering, doing the right things, I pray that you have a church family where you have sisters um, in Christ that are around you that can support you and pray for you um, and, and uh, just to encourage you And because we need that. Um, and uh, we all need that as we're raising children, as we're ministering to our families at the workplace, whatever it might be. But, Kristen, I want you to know this, that God is with you, okay? And um, he wants to minister um, to you in every way in helping you be the mom uh, where you don't have to be anxious and um, and just uh, to be able to move forward in peace and a peace that passes understanding. So, Father, I pray for um, Kristen that called. I just pray that you would help her not to be full of anxiety. I know it, it can happen uh, raising our kids. And, Lord, I pray that you just uh, give her wisdom, give her strength, and give her comfort right now, that she would just be thankful for the kids that you've blessed her with, and, Lord, that you would guide her, and you would bring people into her life, other sisters, uh, moms that would be able to encourage her and give her wise counsel and godly counsel um, in practical things. And, um, I, Lord, I pray that you would surround her with that. She get the help that she needs as she's feeling overwhelmed. And, Lord, I do pray for her. I just pray that you would bless her, that you would minister to her, and, Lord, help her to be strong in you and the mother that you've called her to be, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So I just, that was on my heart. I wanted to pray uh, because many of you out there listening, uh, your parents, and we know how challenging it can be and how hard it can be. And raising four kids myself, my four kids are all adults right now and praying for them and desiring to give them counsel doesn't stop. Um, I, I pray for them probably harder now that they're adults than ever before. And we never stop being a mom. We never stop being a dad. And uh, we pray for our kids. I want to pray for your kids as well. We do got open lines. If you want to give a quick call, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Uh, but as we go to um, to the text line, a question was asked, how did the Magi know to follow the star to worship Jesus? And And that's a good question. And we do know that as Matthew records that in chapter 2, that after the birth of Jesus, so in our nativity scenes, usually we have the wise men, and there's three of them, uh, because it makes for a nice scene, they're bringing three gifts um, to Jesus as they're bringing, um, you know, gold and 
uh, frankincense and myrrh. So it makes for, you know, makes sense, three wise men, three gifts. But we don't know how many wise men came from the East. Magi came from the East. It's where we get the word magicians. Uh, in Babylon, there was the magicians. Same with Egypt. Uh, they were the wise men of Babylon. They would come before uh, Nebuchadnezzar, or before Pharaoh, to give counsel. And they came from the East, and they come to Jerusalem as they followed the star of of, of what we call the star of of Bethlehem, and they um, came to him and um, said that, you know, we have seen the star, and we're come to worship him, a star in the east, and come to worship him. When Herod heard that, he was very troubled by it, because Herod the Great, he was just a very paranoid king. He was a terrible king. The only reason he was called Herod the Great is because he was a great builder. And they came, they came... um, from hundreds of miles, probably took weeks to follow. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, things said about the star. What is the star? Uh, uh, cluster of comets was it? You know, a constellation. I, I think it was the supernatural star um, that God had made because it seemed like the star would lead them. The star would disappear. It would come back. When they saw the star again, they rejoice with exceeding great joy that led them over the house where Jesus was. So putting it all together, that these magi come from the east, they come to worship Jesus, as they said to Herod, um, we have seen a star in the east, we come to worship him, this this new king. Where's uh, him been born king of the Jews? When Herod heard that, he didn't like that, and that's why he made the decree to have the children put to death in Bethlehem two years and under. But they would go and they would worship Jesus, and they were wise indeed as they fell down and worshipped him. But it says that they came into the house. They saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they were divinely warned in the dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. It is believed that perhaps these magi, that they had heard about Jesus or the king of Israel being born, who's the king of the Jews, perhaps from the prophecies of Daniel. Remember Daniel chapter 9, that Daniel uh, gave the prophecy that, you know, 69 weeks, um, that uh, from the time that the command is given to rebuild and restore Jerusalem until the coming of Messiah, the prince, 69 weeks. So they were looking at that prophecy. It is believed that Daniel, as he taught their prophecy and was in Babylon, that the prophecies of Daniel uh, would be there. That's very possible, very probable. Uh, it could be that they were looking at the prophecies of Balaam that came from the east back in Numbers chapter 24, when Balaam uh, was hired by Balak to curse the children of Israel, but he ends up blessing them. And as he speaks, uh, his fourth prophecy in chapter 24, Numbers, verse 17, I see him, but for now I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, speaking of the Messiah that is to come. So it is believed that um, they knew the prophecies, maybe of Balaam, maybe of Daniel, and they were watching. They were watching the stars um, for this sign, and as they saw the sign, they knew 
that they were to go and follow it, and they were to go and um, follow the star to worship the new um, king of Israel. But here's the thing that intrigues me as we close the show, and I want to encourage you in this, that they Herod called for the religious leaders there in Jerusalem and said, where is this Messiah of yours supposed to be born? They said, well, the prophecies say Micah chapter 5, verse 2, in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was only about 10 miles from Jerusalem. They knew the prophecies. They were to be waiting for the Messiah, um, but yet they did not make the track 10 miles to go check it out. You would have thought they would have. And here these men, these Gentiles, they come this long distance, and they travel all this way to come to worship the king. And, and that just intrigues me that they didn't even make the religious leaders any effort that we know of to go and check it out um, to see Jesus. Jesus, when the uh, Magi came, was about two years old, the child. Uh, but the, the, the religious leaders didn't. And, you know, we can know the prophecies. We can know the stories. But do we really make the effort to go and worship him? And I pray that you do that this Christmas and that you would take somebody to Christmas services and um, that truly that it would be a time where we worship him, look to him, and marvel that Jesus Christ came to this world, not only the king of the Jews, but the king of the world, the king of kings and the Lord of all lords who came to this world to die for you and for me and to give us great joy as they had. So great show today. So wonderful for those of you who participated. God bless you. Have a great evening and looking forward to when I talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.